Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see all of your beautiful faces this morning. Clearly, I'm not Pastor John nor Pastor Kaya. My name is Atira. I am the minister of music here at the Building Christian Fellowship. And I have the privilege and honor to bring the word this morning. They saw fit to turn me loose from behind the keyboards. Y'all get ready. All right. Hope y'all are ready this morning. (laughs) Good morning, y'all. Um, those that are watching online, thank you so much for tuning in. You could have been anywhere else this morning, but you decided to, to worship with us. We're thankful for that this morning. So it's good to see all of your beautiful faces this morning. Um, I just want to uh, let you know that we're just going to get into this word. I'm up here to share what I believe the Lord is speaking uh, to us as a, as a body. And as I shared with the leadership this morning before, uh, as we huddled and we went to our various uh, areas of service this morning, um, I believe that the Lord wants to have a sit down and talk with his bride this morning. Amen. So uh, get ready. Get ready that the Lord's going to speak a word this morning. And I just want to remind you that just because I'm up here and you're down here, down there, doesn't make any difference between us i'm in the room just like you are so this word is just as much for me as it is for you guys amen don't get it twisted just because i'm up here and the lights and all that other stuff listen listen we are two in the same we're all the body of christ we're all sons and daughters of god amen so a couple of a couple of years ago i didn't realize it was that long till i looked at it a couple of years ago uh the lord gave me a message to bring here from the pulpit, and it was called The Hill to Die On. The Hill to Die On. Was anybody here ready to show of hands? Anybody here for that? Okay, so just a brief synopsis of that message. The Hill to Die On is an idiom. Basically, uh, you ever met somebody that'll argue anything, that'll argue just to no end, right? And a lot of times it's for something that's so meaningless, but it's the same energy, having the idiom of the hill to die on, having the same energy as far as not necessarily ready to argue, but I'm so dedicated, I'm so, I'm so sold out to this cause, to this thing, to this effort, that I am willing to die on this hill proverbially, but for the church it was literally, we're going to get into that in a minute, I'm so, I'm so dedicated, I'm so sold out to this cause because I'm willing to, that I'm willing to give my life for it. The hill to die on. And the hill to die on is the church. It was about the essentiality of the church. This is back when everybody was starting, just starting to crawl back in out of their holes from COVID and, and, and come back to the house of God. But there were still a, a whole, a whole uh, bunch of people that were still reluctant to come out. And it wasn't so much that they were afraid, still, they were still fear-mongering about the, the, the virus. It was just the church to them had lost its essentiality which is completely false. The church has always been and always will be essential. Amen. Can the church say amen this morning? So the church has always always been and will always be essential. So this is the, the message that I believe God is wanting me to bring with you this morning. It's a bit of a continuum of that, uh, of that message. So let's pray. Amen. Father, we thank you so much, God. We thank you that it was your grace that woke us up this morning to a new mercy, Lord. 
I thank you, Lord God, that uh, your presence was here to meet us in this house, Lord. And I just thank you, God, that in your presence, there is everything that we need. There's the fullness of joy. There is everything we could possibly think of that we need is in your presence because you are El Shaddai. You are the God that is more than enough. So this morning, God, we breathe you in. Father, in your presence, God, we we let our hearts be settled, Lord God. Um, We thank you, Lord God, that that you're not here to, to, to punish us, Lord God. But you're here to 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 uplift, encourage, exhort us in righteousness this morning, Lord. So we say that our hearts are ready, God. Our hearts are ready, our good ground, Lord God, to receive the engrafted word of God that is able to save our souls, Lord. We're ready for the seed of the word this morning. So, Father, we say here we are, God. Have your way in us, in this place. And Lord, I pray, Lord God, that I would be your vessel, Lord. Let a tear slip away unnoticed, Lord God, and let Christ be seen this morning, Lord. Father, I thank you that you're here to chastise, challenge, and change us, Lord. And we say, here we are this morning. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. So in preparation for this word this morning, I was praying for us. I was praying for all of our hearts to receive the word this morning because uh, we want to receive the word with gladness. I believe that's the will of the Lord for our lives is to receive the word of God with gladness, no matter whether it's exhortation, whether it's instruction, whether it's correction. And there's going to be a little bit of everything this morning. Amen. Y'all in for it? You guys up for it? Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16. This is our key text for this morning. Speaking of turning to your Bibles, (laughs) you know, I praise God for technology and it's great right? It's, it's a blessing. And, um, but with the increase of technology, you know what I'm saying? There's nothing like going back to the basics and a habit that I am actually getting back into the habit of doing is bringing my physical Bible to the church, to, to church or, or, you know, looking in my physical Bible. And it's great and it's convenient to be able to turn on the Bible app. But with the advancement in technology, all you guys are aware of like the AI and all that other stuff going on, there's literally been talks about correcting the scripture. So it's important that you know the word, that it's not just just written or typed on on an app, but it's written in your heart. So you can know what the will of God is for you, so you can know and discern deception from what's correct, amen? Just a little tidbit there. So Matthew chapter 16, I'm going to start. I'm going to start at verse 13. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I, who, who do people say that the son of man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Amen. Somebody say amen to that. So the title of today's message for you guys that are uh, taking notes out there is build your church. Build your church. And 
it sounds like a statement, but my heart is that for, for you as well as me, at the end of this message, after, after I share what I believe God has put on my heart to share with you, that it's not a statement, but it's a prayer. It's a heart posture. We say it every Sunday. Why do we call it the building? Right. Jesus is coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. That church isn't made of cinder block, uh, drywall or whatever else we got going on over here. But it's you if you have the spirit of God living on the inside of you. Amen. So when he says he's building his church, he's not talking about natural materials. He's talking about you. He's talking about me. Upon this rock, I will build my church. Now, unfortunately, the Western Western Christianity and church as a whole has become something completely different than what Jesus or, or originally ordained it to be. Amen. Are you guys in? You guys in the room with me? Yes. Yeah. North, south, east, west. So it's ended up becoming more of a social club. So there's a lot of pastors out here that are building an empire, but like to slap the name church on it. They're building a, a, a sea of followers, but they're not building, they're not allowing God to build his church, right? Glory stealers, right? Glory thieves, right? And here's the thing is that the culture has had its dead and dying hand on the church and it's begun to influence the church itself to where the, 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 the banner of society and culture is self-promotion and self-preservation when we're called to die as Christ followers, right? So what ends up happening is you got a bunch of Christians who don't know Jesus. You end up having a bunch of so-called Christians who don't know who Jesus is. Why? Because their lives are a complete and total departure outside, I'm excited y'all, outside of what, of what God, God intended it to be for us. So I want to talk about uh, the three things, three key ingredients that are missing for us as a church and what it's going to require for God to build his church. That means you and me. Okay, so I'm gonna go back and forth, but using that, you guys, you guys with me? So just a, a pre, pre, pre disclaimer, disclaimer here is that I like to paraphrase a lot of scripture, but uh, if there, or I'll quote a scripture and not necessarily give the address. So if there's something that I said, snatch some of the key words and then, and then Google search the scripture after I'm done. I promise you everything I'm saying is in the word. Amen. amen. But don't take my word for it. Be like the Bereans and search the scriptures and see if it's so. Amen. So also last year we did, uh, we preached from a, we preached a series from a book called the gospel centered life. And in the gospel centered life, it talked about the life cycle of the, the Christ follower, which is two things made up of two things, grace and repentance. Do you think anybody, anybody remember that? Remember I was talking about that grace and repentance. So if you, in your mind, if you can imagine it being one circle, one, one arrow kind of bent this way. And another arrow bent coming this way because it's a constant revolution. It's a constant cycle. It's a constant thing. So if you think about uh, these, three, these three things that I want to bring to our attention this morning that God has been dealing with me personally about is like a wheel within a wheel. So inside this two-arrowed circle is another three-arrowed circle. So that first arrow, I want you to put it down. This is your first point this morning, is surrender. 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 
Can I get the definition of surrender real quick? Surrender is to yield to the power, control, or possession of another upon compulsion or demand. Okay, now that's the generic description. Can I get the kingdom paraphrase description? Kingdom definition is surrender is the proper response to conviction and correction. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. Amen. Yes. Conviction is the proper response as a Christ follower to conviction and correction. One of the meanings of conviction is to cause to see. To cause to see. And guess whose job conviction is? It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict us, right? Of what? Of sin, right? Of where we need to come up in in our lives, right? Where we need to elevate it, right? Where we need to repent, where we need to, where we need more grace in, right? It is the Holy Spirit's job to convict us. Now, I want to bring your attention. This is kind of a, this is a scripture that is always stand out. And it, God, when God brought it up to me, it made me do a little bit more digging. So 2 Corinthians, <clears throat> Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. And in uh, around chapter 10-ish, what's going on, just kind of trying to bring you up to speed is Paul is writing his second letter of correction, instruction, discipline to the church at Corinth. Why? Because the characteristics of their behavior are not lining up with what Jesus designed the church to be, right? So here's what's going on. Now, after the first letter... It was a trip reading it because after the first letter he sent, he's in it. He's now in his second letter and he's addressing, uh, he's addressing the church as far as their behavior and some back chat that had gone on after his first letter of correction. And what it went, it went a little something like this is just a paraphrase kind of to bring you up to speed is when he gave his first letter of correction, there was some talk about about basically sounded kind of something like this, like, well, who does Paul think he is? Who does Paul think he is? Or, you know, ain't, 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 he, been, ain't he hunched over? And, and been, you know, because he talk a good game in his letters, but I, I don't know if he, you know, he really about that life. So Paul was like, well, <laughs> uh, allow me to uh, retort. And he basically let him know, like, listen, I assure you, I assure you the authority that I have is legitimate and came from Christ himself. Okay. Now the authority that I walk in doesn't tear you down it may feel like it's tearing you down because i'm telling you not to do stuff that your flesh wants to do because the the corinthian church what they were doing once they had received the gospel of jesus christ they were trying to co-mingle their old life with the new one and it wasn't looking like jesus right because that's the whole purpose of us as christ followers of romans 8 29 for whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren that many brethren is us right so the life endeavor of a christ follower is that we look more and more and more and more like jesus through grace and repentance through grace and repentance through surrender which is our first arrow this morning so that's what was going on so paul is addressing the corinthian church and all of that mouth that they had to come back with what he was saying and he was like listen i assure you that i walk in the authority of god and it's legitimate because it comes from him himself christ himself gave it to me right now the authority that i walk in is not meant to tear you down even though you may think it is it may feel like it is because it's telling you to do what your natural flesh does not want to do are you in the room this morning it's telling you to do what your flesh does not want to do But in truth and reality, true kingdom reality, my authority is building you up. My authority, my instruction, my correction is building you up. 
So I'm not going to apologize for the authority that I walk in. I'm not going to apologize. I make no, no, no regrets. There's this sorry, not sorry. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say what I got to say under the unction and the authority of the Holy Ghost. And it's going to be what it is. Right? So, and he's saying it so nicely. He's like, I might not be a man of eloquent words. You know, when somebody can, can really kind of <clears throat> lay it into you word wise, but they're, but you know, I'm not, you know, kind of play coy a little bit, but he was like, listen, the authority I walk in is legitimate. It comes from Christ itself. It's not meant to tear you down. It's meant to build you up. So I make no apologies about it. Fast forward to chapter 13. He's still going in on him. He's still going in on him. But here's the thing I want you to remember. We're talking about surrender, okay? We're talking about surrender. Here's the thing I want you to remember. Second, Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. He said, he told the Corinthians this, and this was strong. This was strong word. He said, hey, examine yourselves to see if you are truly in the faith. Let's, let's, this is a Selah moment. Let's think about that real quick. Examine yourselves to see if you're truly in the faith. And it's so, it's like, as I started piecing together, it was like, okay, their response to his correction under the authority of Christ, which the whole church is under the authority of Christ, right? Which means all authority that he sets place is, is ordained by God. He is questioning, telling them to question themselves whether or not they are truly in the faith because of their response to correction. instruction I told you to do something I taught the first letter. this is my third time talking second letter second warning you know and you ain't gonna get no countdown because in chapter 13 he was like listen <laughs> I'm on my way out there and if I got to come out you know what I'm saying you ever been on a road trip with your family don't make me pull this car over basically was what he was telling her listen because because you know what i'm saying because i promise you it's gonna it's gonna be trouble if i gotta show up there you guys ain't tightened up it's gonna be trouble and i make no apologies for the authority that i walk in because it's from christ himself but i say challenge and examine yourselves to see if you are truly in the faith surrender mm. say i feel like that was like a that was a whole word right there um yeah that was that was some it's tight but it's right stuff right there Guys, worship worship amongst yourselves while i take a drink of water surrender you know the other word that is uh synonymous with surrender is submission <laughs> i heard somebody's booty cheeks clench up just now submission <laughs> submission do you understand that it is for us it is the will of god god for our lives to become like jesus and philippians chapter 2 talks about how how jesus thought it not robbery thought it not robbery to humble himself and become a slave and put on human flesh listen this is something i just realized that whole humble myself and, and humble himself and, and and become a slave that was simply him putting on flesh that's not even talking about the cross yet that was just him putting on flesh and then it goes further down to say let this mind be in you that is also in christ jesus now let's look at this. Let's, let's, let's pause this. Let's, let's go ahead and put, let's connect the dots real quick here. 
So uh, in the Gospels, when Je- the beginning of Jesus' ministry, uh, he gets baptized. John the Baptist baptizes him, right? And he's like, you know, and then the voice comes down, the dove comes down. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And, and, and it was the beginning. He hadn't even done anything yet, right? Jesus was very clear about everything that was going to happen to him. Very clear about everything's going to I'm, I'm, I'm going to suffer. I'm going to go here. This is what they're going to do to me. They're going to hate me. And because you're following me, they're going to hate you. So for, life, for the basically main purpose of Jesus to come was to bring redemption, but physically suffering, no one liked, he wasn't a part of no popular groups. They loved him, then they hated him, but that's just, that's just how the, the, the crowd, the, the peanut gallery goes. But the thing is this, if Jesus, the son of God, whom God is well pleased with, came here to suffer, bleed, and die. And if the mind that is in Christ is supposed to be in us, and if it is God's will for us to be conformed to the image of Jesus, his son, so that we can be the, 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 the harvest of the seed, which Jesus was, is, are you guys following me? Yeah. Then that means we, have the mind, we need to have the mind of surrender, submission. Which brings me to my second arrow, which is sacrifice. First one was surrender. Second one was sacrifice. The definition of a sacrifice is an act of slaughtering an animal or person or surrendering ooh, a possession. We just talked about surrender as an offering to God or a divine or supernatural figure. That's the generic, that's the generic uh, definition of it. So sacrifice is to mean to give up something of value. We just looked at, or I just taught, referred, uh, referenced Philippians chapter two, where it says, God, Jesus thought it not robbery to basically give up his seat in heaven, his place, his, his kingship, his lordship, his, his deity, and to come down and put on, put, humble himself to put on flesh, to become a sacrifice. Let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus. And the thing is this, if we have a mindset of culture instead of having the mind of Christ, it's a huge problem. Why? Again, because this culture is into self-preservation, self-promotion, which is complete polar opposite of what Jesus intended us to have. The mindset, the heart posture that Jesus intended us to have, right? Mind you, this word, and I just want to put, bring some air into the room. This is a word that the Lord spoke to me personally first. And I'm sharing it with you because I believe this is, his, this is a word for his bride as a whole. Amen? Because we have to shake ourselves. Culture is so, because we, we've become so entrenched in culture. And it's, 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 it's almost effortless at this point. If you're not intentional about seeking out God and the things of God, if you're not intentional about your pursuit of Jesus, then this world will carry you away in its riptide. Mentality self-seeking self-centered navel gazing when you're meant to be a living sacrifice romans 12 1 i beseech you therefore brother i got king james on you i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god that you present your bodies your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto god which is what your reasonable service i'm not asking you too much i'm not asking a lot this is your reasonable service 
This is your reasonable service. Do you know how many times I got to tell myself and remind myself, hey, this is your reasonable service. This is your reasonable service. God is not asking too much of us. Sacrifice. When David wanted to build the tabernacle, he was offered because he was the king at the time. He was offered the materials. Oh, we got you want silver, you want gold. We got the best of everything that you need. And he said, no. I will not offer a sacrifice that costs me nothing. Come on now. You look all through the Old Testament. There were specific directions upon a, about a sacrifice. You couldn't just offer willy-nilly anything you wanted to give up. Oh, well, you know, and the pastor just talked about it last week, Cain and Abel. There's a difference between some and the best of what you've got. The truth of the matter is he wants it all. But that's a process that we yield ourselves to through grace and repentance, through surrender and sacrifice. Yes? Y'all in the room? Sorry, I don't mean to be yelling at y'all, but I'm, I'm really passionate about this. And the thing is this, is how are they going to know that we're any di- There's no difference between the church and the world. There's no difference between the church and the culture right now. Somebody say, build your church. Build your church. Come on, pound your chest and say, build your church. Build your church, Lord. These are the ingredients he uses to build his church. Surrender. Sacrifice. And the third arrow is suffering. Suffering. Definition of suffering is the state of undergoing pain, distress, or hardship. That's funny because the very prescription and things that we want, <laughs> you know, it's, funny, it's like, like we, can, we can make a request <laughs> and we're cool with it until we find out what it's going to cost us. <laughs> we're, cool with it until, we're cool with the request until we figure out what, what till it hits us. Like, oh, it's going it's to cost me what? What? What now? Hard sayings. Hard sayings. Jesus, you know, the 12 disciples weren't the only ones following. There was an account in the, in the Gospels where Jesus was talking to the crowd. And he says, listen, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you have no part of me. And they were like, whoa, <laughs> wait, wait a minute. What, what? Eat flesh, drink blood? This sounds like some type of uh, pagan. I thought you was different. But they didn't perceive what he was talking about. And there was a great multitude that fell away. When he said what the requirement was, there was a great falling away. So he turned around, and once they left, he turned around and looked at the disciples. He was like, so y'all gone too? You gonna go too? And Peter, man, my dude, he said, where else can we go? You alone have the words of life. You alone have the words of life. Upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against us. Upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You know it? Before Jesus said that to Peter, it was in response to Peter's response of who God was. And here's the thing. The first century church went through uh, like just suffering like you wouldn't understand. 
suffering that she wouldn't understand, inhumane stuff, some stuff that makes modern torture look like child's play. People were being tarred and lit on fire to lamp Nero's garden. People were being thrown into coliseums with lions who had been purposely starved just so they can see them tear a Christian apart for sport, entertainment, sheer entertainment. And one has to, one in his right mind has to think, what in the world would be worth going through all of that for? Right? Wouldn't you think? You, you would guess, right? What in the world would be worth going all that for? But here's the thing. Peter had a revelation of who Jesus was. He said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And he said, uh, and Jesus replied, upon this rock, I will build my church. He's building the church on the revelation of who he is. Well, what does this have to do with suffering? Here's the thing. When you get a true revelation of who Jesus is for yourself, you'll understand that anything he asks of you is worth the suffering. It's worth the surrender. It's worth the sacrifice. It's worth the suffering that is surely going to come by naming the name of Christ and truly, truly following him. Does that make sense to y'all? Yeah. Suffering. You can't expect a crown when you avoided the cross. And a life void of sacrifice is an illegitimate claim to being a Christ follower. I'll say it again. A life void of sacrifice is an illegitimate claim to being a Christ follower. If Jesus came and suffered, and that was his goal, it was, that was his mission, to suffer and bleed and die. And here's another thing about Matthew chapter 16. G Peter has this great revelation, and Jesus commends him for it. Then further down, as he's explaining the suffering that he is going to have to go through and walk through, Peter's like, nah, man, I'm not finna, nah, it's not gonna go down like that. Surely not. And Jesus turned around and called him Satan. Yeah. Wait a minute, I thought my name was Rock. What, it was Peter, what? Now it's Satan. Why? Because anything that is going to deter you from doing the will of God is not sent from him. It's okay. Don't, don't shout me down because I'm preaching a lot better than y'all. No, it's okay. I'm just teasing. teasing. But here's the thing. The reason why s s surrender, sacrifice, and suffering seems to be a new concept to people who name the name of Christ is because they, they're, they're not familiar with who he is. They're not familiar with who he is. Mm. They're not familiar with who he is. I just feel, I just think about, think about that the concept of a Christian who doesn't know Jesus. And unfortunately, that's what we got a lot running around. And, a lot of, and it seems like those are the ones that get the most airtime. And, and it's like, it's like, no, this is not what it's about. It's not about self-preservation. It's not about, uh, it's not about self-promotion. It's, it's about surrender. It's about sac living sacrifice. And the problem with the living sacrifice is it likes to jump up off the altar a lot of times, right? Which is why we need the, the constant cycle of surrender, surrendering our will, sacrificing what our plans, what we think is right. What we, what we wanted to do, to say, Lord, we, we submit, we defer to you, God. Proverbs says, Proverbs says I think it's like 16.3, uh, one of those things, just don't quote me. It's, 
in Proverbs, it talks about how man makes his plans, but the Lord is establishing his path, right? So what that looks like is like, Lord, I have this and that and X, Y, Z in mind, but I defer to the red pen of your correction to my life. These are the plans that I have, but I lay them before you. I'm not married to them. I'm married to you. We're in covenant. When I've given my life, I meant it. It was all. It was all. You understand what I'm saying? Talking about surrender, sacrifice, and suffering. These are the key ingredients that God uses to build his church. Do you still want him to build his church? Do you still want him to build his church? Somebody say, build your church. Build your church. Build your church, Lord. Build your church. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about suffering. And the thing is this, is that um, a, lot of, a lot of times we don't have power. It's because we've avoided the suffering. We've avo- specifically avoided the situations that God wants us to endure. To endure suffering. <sighs> My God. Bible talks, I think it was Paul who talked about the Corinthians. Help me out, Raquel, because I know this is one of your favorite scriptures. It's talking about that we who are suffering can encourage others in their suffering, right? Because no, no part of the body of Christ's body functions on its own. But we've been having a lot of that. I heard a, a, a minister talk about how the, the body of Christ seems to have spiritual MS, where the head is the head and the brain are commanding the body to do something. And instead of doing what the brain commanded, it's doing something else completely or just nothing at all. Wow. Wow. Spiritual MS. Are you under, are you in the faith? Are you in the faith? Are, examine yourselves to see if you are truly in the faith. How do we respond to correction? How do we respond to instruction? And God is so full of love when he does it. We just sang about this morning. I'm accepted. I'm accepted. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12 talks about what it means to be accepted. It means to endure discipline from the Lord. Instruction, correction. Why? Because those he corrects, he calls his own. He calls his own. Like I said, I feel like the Lord wanted to have a chat with his bride this morning. He wanted to have a chat with his brother just to clarify some stuff. This is not to beat us up, but this is to encourage us unto righteousness. This is to correct us. No, no, don't, don't zig here. You need to zag here. You need to go up and then go down. No, the way is low. The way is low. There's a difference between going low and, and, and getting low. There's a difference between going low and getting low. Getting low is I'm humbling myself. Humbling myself surrender i surrender my will lord i know i feel like this is the right thing but you know better than i do you know the end from the beginning so i surrender my will my way to yours and i remind my soul i remind my soul that you you are the one that i'm patterning my life after you're the one you're the blueprint you're the design somebody say build your church lord you know, I know with these, these three points, that these three key ingredients that God uses to build his church, and I'm closing. So I, it, it's, it seems like, dude, this is the short end of the stick, like for real. Surrender, I got to surrender, I got to sacrifice, I got to suffer. And it's like, listen, remember that revelation I was talking about? That's why it's important that you know the Lord, you know the word for your, yourself. Because you can't live in another man's revelation. It's short-lived. That's not, there's no longevity in that. It doesn't go the distance. It doesn't go the, you will not go the distance. If you're, if you're leaning on what I got to say up here, 
No, 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 no. You take this home and you search it out in your private time and you ask God to reveal himself to you. Lord, lay yourself bare before the word of God. Lay yourself bare before the word of God so he can so he can do his intricate surgery, stuff that you can't do on your own. And that's why we're encountering a lot of frustration. Why? Because in our selfish pride, you may not realize that's what it is, but you're trying to handle stuff that you know is not right about you in your own strength. And it's futile. Certain destruction. But the Bible says in James, if we'll humble ourselves... He gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And maybe that's why we're encountering resistance in our personal lives when it it comes to wanting to grow. Because there can be a sincere sincere desire to grow, but we go about it completely the wrong way. We do it in the arm of the flesh, and the end is death. The end is death and destruction. That's why a lot of people who think that they're following Jesus when they're not, they're following principles... You get what I'm saying? When you, when you got principles without the power, it's, it's nothing. It yields nothing. So it, the people walk away from the faith dejected and disappointed. Why? Because they were never following Jesus to begin with. Surrender. Surrender. Not my will, but yours. Not my will be done, but yours. God, your kingdom come. Your will be done in this earth as it is in heaven surrender sacrifice and suffering i want you to write these down because these are three takeaways you don't leave here with nothing else this morning i want you to leave away with these three things okay when we surrender you put that back up when we surrender when we surrender our will he has promised to meet us with abundant grace he resists the proud but he gives grace to the humble He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. The second takeaway is this. When we sacrifice, when we become a living sacrifice, he promises we find true life. That's further down in Matthew 16, 24 through 26. Can we put the message version of that up real quick, please? It was just so dope. Matthew 16. So this is the message version. It says, then Jesus went to, work on his, went to work on his disciples. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. <laughs> Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Pause. That reminds me of the Passion of the Christ. Anybody seen that movie before? Passion of the Christ, when Jesus finally puts his, is, is making his way up the hill to Golgotha, and they put the cross on his back. He's bloody, beaten, scourged, all that mess. And the, the thief, the, the thief that didn't make it on the side, he was like, why do you embrace your cross, you fool? That was something that stuck out to me. And I never knew why. And I feel like it's making sense the longer I walk with Jesus. Why do you embrace your cross, fool? Why? Because it, he, he was my example in everything. He's my example in all things. Don't run away from suffering embrace it follow me and I'll show you how self-help is no help at all self-sacrifice is the way my way to finding yourself your true self pause man I feel like there is no shortage 
of people talking about, oh, this is how you do seven steps to finding your inner yourself. And what you need to do is, is X, Y, so you need to go and have a girl's trip or you need to, you got to do this and you, you got to do that. And you got to, you got to, you got to leave your husband and forsake your family and, and this, that, and the other, because, because you don't want to, the, the confines and, of this world and, and, and titles and all this, all this other nonsense. Surrender and suffering is God's way to finding true life. He said, I'll show you. All I need you to do is commit to the cross. Commit to carrying the cross. Commit to the work. Commit to the work and I'll show you how to get through it. If you humble yourself and ask for my help, my grace is there to meet you in abundance more than you could even imagine. I'm here. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way. To finding yourself, your true self. What kind of deal is it to get everything you want but lose yourself? You know, there's that, there's that, that I automatically thought about that, that, that sound on TikTok or uh, Reels. It's like, go get the money, go get the money, go get the money, go get the money. That song will lead you to certain destruction. And it may not be money, but fill in the blank with whatever it else is you're chasing is beside Jesus. And the third takeaway. When we suffer well, intimacy and authority is what, it, it was unfinished, my bad, y'all. <laughs> intimacy and authority is the promise that he, we're met with that will keep. Paul said in Philippians that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. That means I got to go through stuff too. That means I got to go through stuff too, right? That I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Everybody wants the power. Nobody wants the suffering, but they don't understand that the way down, the way up is down. You got to suffer first. There can't be a resurrection power without a death. The whole point again. And I just want to leave you guys with this. This is the encouragement. You guys can stand to your feet. Has this helped anybody this morning? Build your church, Lord. Build your church. Examine yourselves to see whether you're truly in the faith. Self-sacrifice is entry-level Christianity. Basic. It's basic. But that's, that's the will of God for our lives, that we're conformed to the image of Jesus. And he came willingly he willingly surrendered his life, surrendered his, his, uh, his deity to come and make his home amongst men. And not only that, he didn't just come and win the victory, but he gave it to us. And he also gave us the helper, the Holy Spirit, so that he's our coach. And if you think about this life as a fight, you're a boxer in the ring. He's our corner man. And he's telling us, no, you need to give him a jab. You need to, you need to uppercut him. And, and this time, you know, you see, you, see how, you see how his left hand is. We get him. You got to strike him when he put, you know what I'm saying? He's giving us the intel that we need that we couldn't see. The foresight that we don't have without him. 
Jesus makes all the difference. And I'm going to kick it to you straight this morning. I know, you know, it's dark and stuff in here. But the scriptures say, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before the Father. If you're in here, you don't know Jesus. The bottom line is this. We are sinners on our way to hell without Jesus. Unless a man gets a glimpse of his own wretchedness, he'll never understand his need for Jesus. He'll never understand his need for God. And if that's you in here and you're saying, you know what, yeah, there's a witness inside my heart that I'm a mess. I know I'm a mess. I know I'm a wretch. And I've been trying, I've been trying my best. I've read every self-help book that there is and, 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 and it's, not, it's not work. It doesn't working because the power, you're missing the power. You have the principles, but you don't have the power. And Jesus is the one who gives us that power. Amen. If you're in here and you don't know, you don't know Jesus and you want to know Jesus, just slip up your hand or actually just come forward because it's dark in here and I can't see. <laughs> if you're in here, you don't know Jesus, you want to know Jesus, come to the altar. If you're in here and you're saying, man, I've been doing this on my own. I, I mean, I received Jesus. I, I've been doing it on my own and I've been so frustrated because I've been spinning my wheels and I've been thinking that it was God's fault when now I see it's mine. It's me. I'm the problem. It's me. I'm the problem. Join the club. Unless we get a glimpse of our own wretchedness, we'll never understand our need for God. That doesn't just that isn't just for salvation. It's for continuing to live a, a godly life and following Jesus. Amen. We need to continue to remind ourselves of our need for him because pride can so easily come in. But here's the thing. He's promised if we humble ourselves, he will meet us with grace. There is grace in here for you. There is grace in here for you. If that's you, come to the altar. And I want to pray with us. I want to pray with you this morning. If it's you, come to the altar.